There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. DJ Jazzy Jeff headlines a special wine and music festival this weekend at National Harbor. We spoke about his iconic journey alongside the Fresh Prince, Will Smith. Hey, uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff, thanks so much for joining us on WTOP. Yeah, absolutely. Where are you calling in from? Are you, are you uh, based out of Philly these days, or where are you? Yeah, pretty much the Philly, Delaware area. So not too far. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right outside the DMV. So you don't yeah. have to travel too far for this. All right, well, uh, all. <laughs> we'll tell our listeners what why we're talking here. It's uh it's a really cool event. It's like a music and wine festival. Um, it's the second annual DC Rose Festival down at um, National Harbor. Um, a really cool spot that's you know popped up over the last couple of years. Um, explain uh, exactly what this is. Uh, is is uh, our listeners can come out and hear some cool tunes, but also uh, drink a little wine. Is that what's going on? <laughs> Listen, listen, we're celebrating in pink, so everybody needs to have their pink outfits on. And we are sipping wine and we are listening to great music. Like, I think this is amazing. Now, you said great music. Who uh, who all is going to be uh, performing alongside you? Um, well, I know the day that I'm performing on Saturday. It's BJ, the Chicago kid, who's a good friend of mine, and Estelle, who is also a good friend of mine. So... You know, you have that. And then Sunday, you have Lupe Fiasco, Miriam Hill, and my brother Z Trip. Oh, yeah, that's going to be a great lineup. Uh, and this all happens, uh, he mentioned Saturday, Sunday. So this all happens Labor Day weekend. So it's Saturday, September 4th, Sunday, September 5th. Now, anything else they need to know on their way out there? So they got to wear pink. But uh, <laughs> uh, where's the wine flowing from? Is it like stands that are different, that are set up or people out on like picnic blankets listening to the music or what sort of the layout? Listen, I'm not sure. I saw pictures of last year or with the, the last time that they did it and it looked absolutely awesome. So I think, you know, everybody was dressed festive. The music was really, really good. So I'm super excited about this one. So this will be your first time participating in it then? Yes, 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 absolutely. <laughs> All right. Now, what may, you know, don't on your fellow artists there. What makes, you know, BJ Chicago Kid and Estelle, Lupe Fiasco, Marion Hill, Z Trip, what makes them uh, such talented artists? Well, you know what? It's a very diverse lineup, you know, of the people that they have. You know, you got a mixture of hip hop, you got a mixture of, of, of R&B. You also have, um, you know, myself and Z Trip who play a very wide range of music. So this is for music lovers. If you if you love music and you love sipping on wine, we put the two together and hopefully it's going to be an amazing night. It really sounds like it will be. Uh, all right. Well, whenever I have someone, you know, as esteemed as yourself on with us, I love to hear sort of the 
the whole story, how you got started, all that stuff. So I know you were, you know, as the song says, you know, Philadelphia born and raised. <laughs> but, uh, you know, what sort of music, you know, before you even started getting into, you know, rap and DJing yourself, before even before that, mm-hmm. just like as a kid growing up, like what sort of tunes were, were your parents blasting in the house or, you know, what, what got you into music in the beginning? Well, you know what, which I find very, very important. You know, I was the youngest of six. My dad um, was very deep into jazz from West Montgomery to Jimmy Smith and guys like that. Um, my sisters were into the typical Marvin Gaye, Stevie Wonder, you know, you know, and Philly Soul with Gamble and Huff and the OJs. And then my brothers were into more of a fusion jazz type with Chick Corea and Herbie Hancock. Being the youngest, you are the sponge and I soaked it all up. So when hip hop came along, and I adopted that as my music, I didn't realize how much of, you know, how much history I had stored in me for my older brothers and sisters, which is one of the reasons I am very high on advocating, play music in your house for your kids. I know your kids have their music, you need to share your music with them to make them very musically well-rounded. That's such a great point. Yeah, because they can all be sponges just like you. And then when it comes time to, you know, for lack of a better phrase, squeeze out that sponge and get, you know, for your own music, you have no idea what all influence will start dripping out of that. That, that you, you really that you- don't. Yeah, you really don't. You don't know how much it impact. Like it was really funny for me to realize how much I retained from my brothers and sisters and the music as I started to get older. That not only was I a fan of, you know, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. I was a deep Stevie Wonder fan. I was a deep, you know, Herbie Hancock and Chick Corea fan. I was a deep West Montgomery and Jimmy Smith fan and not really understanding where all of this came from until I got old enough to remember that these were the tunes that were played in the house. Oh, and, and it, it all speaks to each other. It all influences each other. You know, like uh, Herbie Hancock, you take a song like rocket i mean that it doesn't mm-hmm. get any more it doesn't get any more roots of hip-hop than that you know so uh every, i think what snoop said that in credited herbie with inventing hip-hop at, at some show i remember so yeah it all it all speaks to each other um cool well then so speaking of when hip-hop starts to come along you said you're listening to grandmaster flash and some of those really early mm-hmm. rap rappers what what was that like in your life where are you uh at, at block parties in the summer like you know like just admiring other djs or how did you get into actually you know saying you know i'm gonna make a go of this as a dj myself well it was really that you know they had block parties and park parties that you would go to and i think what i was more drawn to is the control that the music gave or you know over people i would watch these guys play songs and people would lose their mind i would watch them calm down you know any kind of tension with music that they played and i remember watching that and listening to that saying i really want to be able to do that like i want to be able to play music and make people happy like that's that's basically what it was and that has been my calling ever since absolutely well, of course, uh, at that point, then, you know, you, you form the iconic duo, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, mm-hmm. uh, along with Will Smith. Um, I'm sure you've told that story a million times, but just tell our listeners, how did you actually meet Will Smith? The very, Do you remember your very first meeting or was it one of those things where like uh, it's a blur because you feel like you've always known him? <laughs> I don't remember the first meeting. I remember when we got together because we kind of knew 
of each other in Philadelphia, you know, Philadelphia on the hip hop scene, Will was in a group, I was in another group. We would see each other at parties and acknowledge, but the very first time was um, I got picked or I was called to do a party and the, the rapper that I had, I called his house because of course this is no cell phone, no texting, no email. I called his house and he wasn't home. And I went and did the party by myself. And I didn't realize that the party was next door to Will's house. And he came in the basement and he asked, hey, you know, what's up? Hey, what's up? Where's Ice, who was my MC at the time? And I said, I couldn't get him on the phone. And he was like, hey, you mind if I, if I fill in? And I was like, cool. And we've been together for 37 years. Wow, that that's a really cool story. So it was the the happenstance, the chance meeting of a a, a party at next door, <laughs> and and the fact that Ice did not answer his phone. Right. See, if if the if Ice picks up his phone, we might not have Fresh Prince. We might not have uh, all of Will Smith's movies. It's funny how history would be different. Yes. You know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so thank thankfully that one went to voicemail. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Or, what, or I guess there wasn't voicemail back there. The answering machine. <laughs> um, or it just rang. <laughs> yeah, that's probably more. That's probably more happened. It rang off the hook. Well, thankfully, it <laughs> rang off the hook. Um, because you guys went off the hook. There's my segue with uh, with mm -hmm. uh, your first Grammy winning. It was the first time that won best rap performance in 1989. Parents just don't understand what inspired that song. Um, obviously, you guys are growing <laughs> up in Philly. Obviously, you know we all have issues and deal. We love, but also as an adolescent you know you got issues with your parents but explain what inspired that song what was really funny um about that was one of the very early shows that we did off of our first album um we were super excited you know we we, we put out music and they were playing it on the radio and it was really one of those things like we had just come from an amazing show in new york we spent the night in New York. We were on this incredible high of, you know, rocking the crowd. And I come home and we stop at my house and I walk in the house and I start telling my mom how amazing this show was. And she stopped me and she said, you know what? Do me a favor. I need you to run to the store and get a, a loaf of bread and a half a gallon of milk right in the middle of my story. And I just stopped a little deflated. And Will and I started walking up the street and he looked at me and he shook his head and he said, man, parents just don't understand. And we started laughing and he was like, I think I'm going to write that. <laughs> and we wrote it basically, you know, basically off of, you know, as, as we were and as excited as we were about our accomplishments, my mother was kind of like, listen, I need you to handle some stuff you know, like I'm really not caring about how great your show is right now because I'm cooking and I need milk and, and bread. Um, and most of the songs that we've written have come off of real life experiences. Like even with Summertime, you know, Summertime was, was, the, was Will's first year on the Fresh Prince um, and he was in California. And you know, you know, being from the East Coast, we have seasons. You know, we have the winter, when the spring comes, you know, the, the, the feeling that spring brings you, you know, as the leaves turn and people are coming out and washing their cars. He didn't get that. So he would call me 
and say, hey, man, you know, what's going on? I was like, yo, you know, it's 72 degrees today. I broke my car out, went to the car wash and got it clean, drove out to the plateau. So I'm naming all of the nuances in Philly that he's not getting in L.A. And he missed it so much that he wrote Summertime basically talking about what that feels like. And that's why I think it was so important for people who live in four season climates, especially people on the East Coast, because we felt everything that he was talking about, you know, of the barbecue and just how things were in the summer. And unfortunately, people don't get that same feeling in warmer climates because it's kind of like that all year long. Exactly. It's just, it's uh perfect when it's perfect weather all, all the time, you can't appreciate it. I, I we, My wife and I talk about that all the time. You need, I appreciate the four different seasons because you know what I mean? It, 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 it's something to look forward to every time that those leaves turn, like you're saying. Um, That's it. Absolutely. Well, take me into the creating that beat for summertime because everybody, man, it's still played at barbecues to this day. It's like a timeless time capsule. Any every time, like you're saying, every time summer rolls around, that's the perfect song. But take me into the creation of the song and and how you you know how you decided to to loop the the word summer you know three times before you say time you know summer summer summertime. How, how did you come up with the idea for that? So much of that part was Will. It was just you know it, it's one of the things that we would always do is Will would listen to the music. And he would almost write what the music told him to write. And I think based off of Coolin' the Gang's Summer Madness, which was already a summer song, based off of him missing Philadelphia, all of those pieces just kind of flowed together. Um, and, and one of the things that, you know, he would always say is it may take him a week to come up with the concept. It'll take him 15 minutes to write the song once he has the concept. So once he had the concept, of summertime, it was fairly easy for him to write it. Awesome. And you mentioned that this was right um, when summertime came about. It was around the time he had already transitioned out, you know, to Hollywood to shoot the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Um, a mm-hmm. little, a little TV sitcom that you might have heard of. <laughs> Um, just a a small one (laughs) yeah right well you know it's funny at the time you know in the beginning maybe it was a small one but then by the end man everybody everybody knew about it It was amazing but um talk about um you know i guess the before we get to the the acting part of the show but that iconic theme song i mean did were you and and will help helping in the creation of that or or how did that that come about because that's got to be one of the most quotable memorable um, songs of all time for a tv show um, it was funny, you know, everything happened really fast when um, when he said he had the show and we were in the studio and he was like, yeah, you know, Quincy said that they're going to look for someone to do the theme song. And I remember looking at Will and I said, there is no way that you're going to be on a TV show and we not do the theme song. So Quincy was like, all right, cook it up. So I, I made something really fast in about 15 minutes and he wrote his part and we recorded it. Now I actually recorded and did that song as a placeholder. Like I really thought this was going to be in the pilot and then we were gonna go back and revisit it and you know, fix it or do it again or do something different. And we did it and we sent it in and that was the last time anyone said anything to us about the theme song. Next thing you know, it's on Monday night exactly how I gave it to him. 
and we never got a chance to go back and fix it, which we we didn't have to, but we literally made that song in 15 minutes because we thought that this wasn't going to be the official song. And that song has been on the air for 30 something years. Man, it, every time that comes on, it's you just smile because you know you're going to laugh your butt off at the episode that's about to happen. And and it's just like mm-hmm. a great time capsule of that era. It's like that, you know, the even like the neon graffiti style graph text graphics. It's yeah. it just yeah. right in that, you know, late 80s, early 90s sort of vibe. Uh, I love it. Um, cool. We'll talk about your your recur- your recurring role in the show because I think it was you know it was sort of a smaller part in season one that you were so popular um, that they just kept having you back. But uh, talk about how your your role as Jazz and that hilarious running joke of Uncle Phil, you know, rest in peace, J- James Avery, of him chucking you out of out of the house. <laughs> how how was that? Yeah. How was that done? I mean, it, it was it was was it a dummy? I guess they threw out. <laughs> No, unfortunately, it was actually me. It was you? Um, It was actually me. And they didn't throw me out. I had to jump out onto a mat. But I had to jump out with the appearance that someone was throwing me out, which means my body had to be, you know, pretty much uh, horizontal. Um, But, you know, it was literally one of those things. Will called and said, hey, man. They want you to do a guest spot on the show. And I said, no. And he was shocked. I was like, nah, I'm, I'm okay. You know, because my focus was so much on the music that I didn't want to take my focus, you know, and and even attempt, you know, I mean, that was, of course, you're younger and you're narrow-minded. You're not thinking that you can do both. Um, and he basically came to me with a plea and he said, listen, they want you to do three episodes. If you do one and you love it, you got two to look forward to. If you do one and you hate it, you only have two to do. And Will is very convincing. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. And next thing you know, six years later, you know, um, I had no desire, no plan of really uh, 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 attempting to do any acting. That was, you know, we, we had set goals when Will and I first got together that he wanted to be, he wanted to do movies and I wanted to do the music for the movies. So. It was it was a little plan altering, but it was amazing. I could, you know, I'm I'm I I remember standing on the set some days and looking around saying, How in the hell did I get here? Like I'm supposed to be doing music and here I am on one of the biggest TV shows on television right now. Yeah, that's wild. Well, do you, I mean, that that's hilarious. It was actually you getting chucked out onto a, a mattress or something. And I for it, I don't know why all these years, my I guess my kid brain uh, thought it was a, a dummy. I guess just the way you, you sort of go limp as he, throw, <laughs> as he throws you yeah. out. And, and, yeah, well, you know, I, I think the dummy thing didn't work. I think they might have tried it. But I think what happened was I remember, I remember one time filming in about 10 different outfits, um, me getting thrown out. And the next day I had to take off because I was black and blue and sore. And they were like, okay, we're not gonna do that anymore. That's one of the reasons that you see, when you see me walking with that shirt, you know that they're going to throw me out. Um, and and, and, And they wouldn't film it anymore. And it was really funny because there were one time I came to the set and I cut my hair not realizing that you're really not supposed to do that on a right, show. Right, right. You, you're supposed to let someone know when you do that. 
but I cut my hair so it was even funnier because I had a low haircut and when they throw me out the house, I had this high top fade. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm pretty sure that in, in later seasons, it's it's still so, that same footage that they use of throwing you. So, like, right? Oh, like, absolutely. That was sort of, that's sort of the, that's sort of the gag. Like we laugh, we're like, hey, that looks like a season one toss. And <laughs> But yeah. um, do you have a uh, you know final point on on the show because we would talk all, we could talk mm-hmm. Fresh Prince of Bel Air all day. But do you have a favorite episode? Or I mean, uh, I know it, they did some sad stuff. Uh, you know where Will's like mm-hmm. with his dad. You know why doesn't he love me, man? I mean we all those. Songs. But then but then there's so many hilarious uh, things we remember too. But uh, do you per- have a personal favorite one that that busted you up? Uh, you know either on set when you were guys were shooting it or even to this day when you look back and it still busts you up. Um, I, I think the one when I got married, I think that one stood out because that was probably the most lines that I ever had on the show. And I remember walking in and we sat at the table and I looked at the title of the script and I, and, and I started sweating, you know, like, oh, wow, like this is this this is a lot. Um, but I really enjoyed doing that. I really thought it was funny, you know, and and and. Um, you know, that's one of the favorite ones that whenever, you know, my kids, you know, who are just really starting to get in the show, you know, they, they, they'll come up to me and start asking me questions about episodes, you know, because it's really funny how that show has transcended generations, you know, it's, it's, you know, I know people that were my kids age when the show was on, and now they're showing it to their kids. So it's amazing. That's got to be special. Um, yeah, like you sort of said, it was all sort of your master plan that, you know, you know that uh, you wanted to keep doing music and, and Will wanted to go make movies and all that kind of stuff. But what um, mm-hmm. what was it like when, you know, obviously you guys know that you're destined for success after that show. The show's a hit, ma- massive hit. But um, when Will, what's it like when Will goes off? I guess Bad Boys is the first one, but then definitely Independence Day and definitely Men in Black. Mm-hmm. Those, those were well, three big, huge movies. Uh, huge. What was it like? What was it like watching? You know, this is your old buddy from Philly. You know, young and you know, clean cut. Doesn't you know? You did. He. What, what was it like? Sort of watching him uh, just explode on the movie scene. Uh, and and did did it did it change him at all, or did was it just like you just sat back and just smiled and be like, that's my boy. <laughs> Well, one of the things, like I said, that was cool is these were things we talked about before they happened. So nothing that he's done or is doing would ever surprise me because we had these conversations. I think the thing that really got me was so many times we put goals in front of us that we don't reach. I think what got me was I was watching him knock down every last one of the goals he set out. So it wasn't surprising, it was more inspirational that, you know, I watched him put in the work. Like, you know, none of that stuff was handed. He worked extremely hard, you know, to to knock down those walls. He wanted to be the biggest movie star in Hollywood. And I watched him pursue that until he got it. So, you know, it's that's one of the things to me is is was was the inspirational part about that. Like, please do not believe that you can achieve whatever you want to achieve. It may not be easy, but if you put your mind to it and put your head down, you know, anything is possible. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and like you said, he's like, I, I want to be the biggest star in Hollywood right now. And he did it. And at the same time, the <laughs> the biggest uh, Big Willie Styles, probably the biggest album yeah. at the same. I mean, that, it was it was great Get, getting jiggy with it. The whole thing. It was mm -hmm. it was a, it was a phenomenal time. Now, didn't he um did did you help out on that at all? Or, or no? I think you were, I think I, I remember seeing you in videos for was it like Will 2K or freaking it? Like, didn't he didn't he have you in a couple of videos? I have helped Will with every music project that he's done. So what did you help um, out on even, Big Willie Style then? What like what was your I was, input? I was I was one of the producers. Wow. A lot I of just, people probably with, forget with, that. You know what happened is when we were DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, um, once we finished our deal with the first record company, I did not want to re-sign another record deal. I was always going to be by Will's side. I was always going to go in the studio and keep my same role. It just didn't matter to me that my name was on the record because I kind of needed a break from so much the music business, but not the music. So I have always gone in the studio, you know, from Big Willie Styles, you know, Big Willie Styles to Will 2K. You know, I was always a producer. I always DJ whenever we did shows. We did shows together. Um, I just chose to take a more backseat role when it comes to the 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 actual artist part of it. I love that about you, man. You know what I mean? You're 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 see, you know, you see that your your buddy is the, you know, obviously the main character of this TV show, and and you're sort of like mm -hmm. you're like, you know what? I think I'm going to step back here. I'm going to stay involved in everything. I'm going to keep my creative stuff. And, and, you know, let's, let's be honest, you'll still make the money off it too. <laughs> but mm -hmm. you're like, you know what? I'm going to stay in the back here. I'm going to let my buddy uh, stay in the step in the spotlight, but I'm going to keep my create, my creative spark going. That, that I, I think that's so admirable about that. The humility of that is, is amazing. So congrats and props on that. I really, I admire Thank that. You. Um, so since you are in the background of some of those albums, what, uh, do you have, do you remember anything like creating the, you know, let's, I don't know, the getting jiggy beat, like, or the, uh, the, the, the what, I don't know what else was on that song, um, Miami, that boom, bang, bang, party in the city. Like, do, do you remember creating any of those beats or how did that actually come about? Like, I want to know some of the nitty gritty details on the nuance of creating those iconic beats or well, when we got in the studio to do those albums, it wasn't just me. It was Trackmasters. It was a bunch of other people. Um, I think Will rented out the entire Hit Factory studio, and it might have been people in five or six rooms creating stuff. Um, and, and, and that's how he really liked. He liked going from one room to another, you know, just seeing, you know, what was done and, and how we can piece it together, especially because that was all during you know, him filming movies and doing the TV show. So we had limited amount of time to create those records. So it was really all hands on deck. Um, I enjoy, you know, I really enjoyed it because um, that was one of the first times that we were able to make music with unlimited resources. That, you know, if if we were in the studio, you know, you know, we we you would have to rent studio time and you would sit in this room and try to come up with stuff. We've never rented six studios at the same time. We've never had it to the point that, you know, we have a really good song and I'm like, oh my God, Drew Hill would kill this. And they pick up the phone and call Drew Hill and they're there the next day. You know, it was, it was to, to, to create with no boundaries was, was absolutely amazing.
Wow. It's yeah, it really, it, I think it's like, it's one of those all time records, but uh, last question on Will, do you have a favorite Will Smith movie? Oh, uh, movie. Oh, uh, um, there, I mean, for a while there, he was like, uh, what they were, they all grossed like a hundred million for like 10 years straight or yeah. something, something wild. But, but, uh, do you have a personal favorite? Um, you know, I kind of think, um, Ooh, that's that's kind of hard because, you know, I, I love so many of them for different reasons. I think that um, Six Degrees of Separation was the movie that I I looked at him and I didn't see Will. Mm, that like was that early, was early that. Now. Yeah, but that was the movie that made me understand like he can really do this. Like when you are able to come outside of yourself, especially with the people that know you as well as I know him, when you're able to kind of do a movie that people can't connect to the actual actor, means you're really, really good. And I think that was the movie that, you know, I looked and I was just kind of like, wow, like he, 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 he can really do this. Like, even though I knew he could, but watching that on a screen, I think 15 minutes into the movie, I didn't know it was Will. You're right. That's the sign of a of a real uh, talent right there. And he's done so much. Yeah. You know, Pursuit of Happiness and Ali and, you know, Hitch. Yeah. And, I mean, he's, can't, he's done everything. Yeah. You can't name them all. Yeah. We, <laughs> we'd, be, we'd be here all day. But I do want to know, I do want to get into a little bit, Um, you know, it, it, it hasn't just been Will Smith you've worked with. You've talked about, you know, your your production company, Touch of Jazz and, um, you know, and, and all the other, so many other famous artists you've helped develop too over the years. Like we just talked to Raheem Devon like a couple days ago, but like there's been so mm -hmm. many, you know, re remind some, our listeners really quick, if you can, I know it's probably hard off the top of your head, but r rattle <laughs> off some of, some of the huge names that you helped, you know, cultivate. Um, you know, guys like Raheem, who's a really good friend of mine, Jill Scott, Music Soul Child, Floetry. Um, I, I, like I said, I, I enjoy making music um, I enjoy making music more than anything else that I do. Um, and I enjoy making all kinds of music. It's not just hip hop. It's not just R&B. It's just kind of like, you know, I believe that music is the background of, of the pictures that we see. If you, if you take your favorite movie and put the sound on mute, it's no longer your favorite movie. Oh, your yeah, favorite yeah. movie has something to do with the music um and and i and i love the emotional connection that music does to people you know everyone has a wedding song you know there's there's music that's played at people's funerals to 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 make people reflect on on a life you know and just those narratives of music has been something that's always driven me so you know when you can collaborate with somebody and and make something that they can put into the world it's great it's great. So that's, you know, I, I, that's my main focus. You know, I just love being in the studio. I'm in the studio all day, every day and just making stuff, you know, whether it be for the world or, you know, I, I, I tell everybody, I have albums that I've made to clean the house. <laughs> house cleaning music. That's house music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, reinvented the genre right there. All right. Uh, well, before we run, I do want to ask you, we've been talking about movies. Didn't you help out on the straight out of Compton uh, for some of like the scratch tracks or something? Yes. Yes. I actually did all of the scratching in the movie. Um, Dr. Dre is a very old time friend of mine. Um, and he reached out and was just like, hey, you know, I finally signed off on this story of my life. And I need someone to do the scratches that was around in that time period to make them authentic. Um, and I was happy, you know, I was happy that he asked me and, you know, I jumped in. Um, and it was it was really great to watch how they kind of pieced all of the stuff together. Um, you know, when I went to the screening and, you know, I was happy to help out. Oh, yeah, I think that movie came out really well. And a lot of those stars that were playing the old NWA uh, folks uh, have gone on to be big stars now and other stuff. So, yes. Re- yes. Real quick, just so we're not talking too much inside baseball, remind uh, maybe our, a novice listener who doesn't know a bunch about the music or movie biz. Exactly. Remind them what the scratch, you know, what a scratch overdub is. Um, a lot of times it's a rhythmic movement of the record. It's almost like a percussion sound. You know, if you would look at a... Uh, uh, you know, a conga or a bongo or something, um, but it's just moving the record back and forth. Um, and that's and that's pre- pretty much what the basis of, you know, early hip hop was. It was literally someone taking a beat and going back and forth with the beat and a rapper rapping over top of the beat. Um, and that's what he wanted to show because before there were records, there were actually DJs that were basically the band and the rapper rapped over the DJ. And if anyone would know that whole history, it is you, sir, DJ, <laughs> Jazzy Jeff. Um, I guess sort of in closing, you know, you've been there from the birth of hip hop to its current state, mm-hmm. really. You've spanned, you've spanned the test of time. How have you seen the genre sort of evolve from those early days? You know, with you know, you said you you, were, you got into it listening to well, first jazz and stuff with your parents, the Sponge, but mm-hmm. but uh, but Grandmaster uh, Flash, and then of course you you and you DJ Jeff and the Fresh Prince and the very I mean, hip hop mm-hmm. was in its infancy. How have you seen it grown through all of the different iterations, through all the different artists from from then to today? Well, first of all, it's global. Um, that was the thing that, you know, a lot of people didn't understand. I have probably been to more countries than I could ever imagine and name. You know, I was at the point that I was doing pretty much 160 dates a year. Um, pretty much over 100 of them were international dates. Um, to realize that, you know, hip hop was in, you know, South Philadelphia to South Africa to South Dakota, you know, hip hop has has grown and has became a music of the world um and that that first and foremost is kind of like because hip-hop isn't necessarily a music form as much as hip-hop is a lyrical form over any type of music which means someone in brazil can do hip-hop rapping in you know portuguese you know there's there's hip-hop in tokyo there's hip-hop in turkey you know, when you start to look at the global reach that hip hop has, you know, it, it's, you you know, I've been to, I've been to Bosnia and saw people rocking public enemy shirts. You know, hip hop has moved this way, you know, into every nook and cranny in the universe. So it is arguably the biggest music out right now and the most impactful 
um, because people are telling their story and everybody has a different story depending on where they grew up and how they grew up. Um, and it gives you the, the landscape for you to tell your story. Yeah, it, you're right. You're so right. It's global. It's universal. And it's so cool that it, it all started right here, you know, in, in America. It's one of our biggest. Yeah. And you were right there on the, on the ground floor. So congrats to you, man. Congrats on all the success. And we uh, we invite everyone to come out uh, to this event down at National Harbor. Um, it's the second annual D.C. Rosé Festival. Um, mm -hmm. And again, like he said, it's Labor Day weekend on Saturday, September 4th. It's going to be DJ Jazzy Jeff, Estelle, and BJ the Chicago Kid. And then Sunday, September 5th, we got Lupe Fiasco, Marion Hill, and uh, the godfather of mashups. They call him Z-Trip on Sunday. Z-Trip. And, yes, and, and some local acts too. I think Black Alley, the Future Band, DJ Farah, Flossett, a couple DC area yeah. artists too. Uh, anything else you want to say? Why, why should our listeners come on out? You know, speak directly to the listeners, and you know, come on out, guys. Listen, I would advise you to put your swanky outfit on, grab a bottle of rosé, and come out. Make sure you wear some comfortable shoes because I expect you to be on your feet dancing and having a good time. <laughs> All right. DJ Jazzy Jeff on WTOP. Thank you, sir. This is great. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.